Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Wow Pod. I'm Betsy. And I'm Jared. And uh, yeah, we're uh, going to have a little bit of small chat for a minute. A little chitty chat chat. Yeah. While we get everything set up. Anyways, how are Th- you, Betsy? Good. Thanksgiving this next week. Why is it that, that these weeks seem to, <sighs> or these years as, as we... Age? <laughs> I was going to say as we expire, get a little older, (laughs) expire. That's very true. My expiration date's getting closer and closer. It does feel like it goes really fast. It does. It. Like things are moving quick. It does. But anyways, um, so I'm just going to kick right into it. Uh, Bigfoot was spotted here in Utah. Now, that Spanish Fork Canyon is where my husband and my son went, mm-hmm. and they hiked Hill and Gone, and Cody sent Eight. me a picture. Oh, one second. I was gone. Cody sent me a picture of, I swear it was a Bigfoot imprint. Really? Because he found it next to like this almost dry creek bed. That runs down Spanish Fork Canyon. Mm-hmm. So we went back up there and hiked around in that area. He couldn't find exactly where he saw the footprint, but we found tons of tree, big tree structures. Now, what? explain these tree structures to me. So it's like they're broken off, like in the, in the middle of this thick forest, these trees are broken off like at 14, 15 foot high uh-huh. and then stacked to make like a hut. These great big huts. So like a, a wiki up kind of. Yes. So we went and we took the kids. It's the weirdest feeling to walk around inside these. Because you they're like a lot of work went into making these. And if someone is out there scaling the tree to 15 feet and then hanging on it or you know hooking something up to it a come along or something to break it off at that level it's just insanity it's just insanity so we went up and hiked around and looked at all of those took a bunch of pictures of those but that one picture that he sent to me i'll have to dig it up because he actually was so taken back by it that he pulled his boot and his sock off and took a picture of his foot next to it. Really? So how, how big was this thing? At least double the size of his foot length and at almost double the size of his foot width. Really? And you could see toe impressions and everything. It was, it was wild. It was mm. wild. So he sent it to me while he's out there hiking around and I didn't get it until he you know, came back into service, but he was like, we have got to go back up there. I've got to take you to where this is at. We've got to go this weekend before it snows or rains or anything. So we took the kids and we hiked back back in there. And this is up Spanish Fort Canyon. There's a beautiful campground up there. Mm-hmm. So we took the kids and hiked back in there and he could not orient himself to be in the position that he was in to find this. But we found three or four big tree structures. Mm. Mm. 
I'm wondering if these are the same dudes. It might be. Man, both our phones go off at the same time. I know. I was like, is, we got and the both same. Both of us are kids. We got the same people or what? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. No, I wonder if it's the same people. Uh, hey, King, how you doing? So, anyways, so there was a photographer, like a, a well-known nature photographer that was, um, uh, I don't know, up Spanish Fort Canyon. He was apparently taking a picture of, of uh, this waterfall that everyone tends to enjoy to see. And everything else, and uh, and the the cool part about it is this guy is he's a reputable guy, you know. He's it's not like it's some. I'm not saying that people that report Bigfoot are are unreputable uh, guys, but this is a you know this is a well known reputable guy, so. I'm going to see if I can't play the video for you guys really quick. Welcome back. A man in Utah says he has footage of big. We'll just turn off time. Anyway, so he's taking a picture of this, uh, this stream right here. We're going to zoom it in a little bit if we can. Oh, hey, we'll, uh, we'll go into the old pause mode. Maybe I should let her talk because maybe that's what is killing us here but i'm going to zoom it in a little more all right all right okay there we go see so he's looking at that uh we're going to rewind this all the way back to the beginning so they're taking the the video here will play it just the photographer lightly. was recording a spring runoff in Utah and when he heard a noise. He looks up to his right. And he tilts the camera up to a wooded hillside. You can a barely see it up in there. Can be seen walking upright <gasps> on two legs. Kind of walking through the trees. Some people say they believe it's the famous uh, ape. <gasps> now others claim it's just a guy in a gorilla costume. Did you? Oh, there it is, right there. Yeah, I see it right there. Okay, now, so it could be a guy in a gorilla well, costume. I think that every time we see a sighting of Bigfoot... Don't shatter my dreams, man. Very clear. <clears throat> well, of course it's not clear every time you see it because the Bigfoot doesn't want to be seen. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of a... I don't know. What if... We've been down this road so many times with Bigfoot. Like, the theories, every time we talk about it, my theory, my personal opinion evolves a little bit. Does it now? Yeah. From like, okay, these are just dudes in gorilla suits to, um, there's a lot of things we don't know well, about the universe we live in. Let me bring up another point. So the pandemic caused, one, more people to take their um, recreational activities away Outdoors. from other people, mm -hmm. right? So like in the 70s, when Bigfoot first popped big if the first time, people started going outdoors and camping a lot more. Yeah, it became the America's pastime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also changed our economy to where there's not as much driving going on and things like that. 
So what if Bigfoot sightings are going to pop up more? Be it a Bigfoot or not, let's hope it is, be it a Bigfoot or not, there's more people out there, which is just going to, you know. Multiply the the sightings and maybe our ability to actually see. There's a guy in a dark fuzzy hoodie like, yeah, I was up there that day. <laughs> That's me. What He's wearing the latest Beyonce velour. <laughs> Stink ape chic. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like to. So if we take what we know um, about our oceans, I like to kind of compare that to, you know, the land space that we have yet to explore. It's, it's theorized that we have only even seen and identified 7% of all life in the ocean. Seven. Mm. So, granted, we don't have gills, <laughs> and the oceans are very deep, but if you take that number... And then you apply it to all of the unexplored land. Are they serious? Only 7%? 7%. Well, here's another thing. Let's say that there is a, a hominid who is maybe not as intelligent as us, but say more intelligent than a gorilla or a chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's rare, so it has small numbers. And it's motivated to stay hidden from us. Right, right. How possible is that? Well, I mean, there are there are entire tribes of people, entire tribes that have never seen outside civilization. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's tribes that when they do, they become those cargo cults. Yeah. Which, that's got me thinking. As opposed to last week's show on the UFO guy, and I might have mentioned it on there, that aliens come in here and then some experiencers tend to get infatuated with them. Mm-hmm. What if that's like a cargo cult? And so some alien shows YouTube, up, mm-hmm. Gleek Glorp Tube on the other planet is talking about how some humans here in these far away, you know, they don't exist. Rustic tribes worship us. Ooh. Like they are talking about us. They wear t-shirts as a cargo cult worshiping tribe. And what if like we are less hairy than big, we are their Bigfoot. Look at you. You're basically an alien's Bigfoot. <laughs> They're like, and he's covered in hair. <laughs> you got to bring... <laughs> They're getting fecal samples. <laughs> the same way we do with Bigfoot. <laughs> Damn it, every time he goes in that room and does it... He makes it go away. I haven't been able to catch one yet. That's why they do the probing. (laughs) It it solves the flush problem. (laughs) Contaminated fecal matter. (laughs) 
<laughs> Unhook the pipe and stand under it. You'll get his apple. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if? <laughs> we admire and hairier things, and they do too. You're their fairy. <laughs> Part of the fae. She's hairless. <laughs> They're getting pictures of you <laughs> dancing with little alien girls. <laughs> oh. But yeah, Bigfoot may have been seen. And in our backyard. We and Spanish Fork Canyon. I'll have to take you up there. We'll have to go I, on an expedition. I've been up there. It is a beautiful canyon. The but I'll take you up the little trail because I mapped where we saw the tree structures. This always happens in the winter. Yeah. Because I think they're like other, they're pushed down. Maybe they hang out higher. Yeah. So we got to really hike up there. Alex is going to love hearing that. Hey, Aunt Betsy has something for you to do Saturday with. He you. loves hiking with me. He loves it. Just, and then she gets lost. We never don't. There's only one trail. You don't get lost. <laughs> I mean, we didn't make it to our destination, and I, I think... I think it's just because you were hiking with... Uh, five boys. Yeah, well, with Alex and then... Um, Tasia and Taryn. Yeah, Tasia and Taryn. Johnny Garrett and Hunter. Johnny Garrett and Hunter, all of them in their early teens, yeah. except for Alex. And so you had a cacophony of... Uh, going on behind you how much farther and that was after you opened the door to the car when you first stopped mm -hmm. in the trailhead yeah he loves so, hiking with me and that was all of them but it's yes memories from childhood we'll we'll run through these comments real quick king says i would stay away from the big bigfoot because he is from the giants from the bible <laughs> mm -hmm. that would eat humans and throw rocks at ships that got too close to their islands. You had the but Nephilim. But what if, what if that is, what if it's just that simple? What if it's just that simple? That it's it's always been here. It will always be here in some form until it's completely eradicated. It's a good point. It's a good point. We got this game. We picked up a new game, Betsy. It's, it's a funny game. It's called Shit Happens. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you get three cards and then there's a whole deck of cards, and each card has like a misery index number on them. Misery? Excellent. So you've got, you know, like a bee sting all the way up to buried alive. <laughs> a couple of the cards are comical, you know, like watch a porn with your parents. You know, that's pretty rough. There's also one that's uncon unconsensual bear sex. Okay. Yeah, you know, and when King says I'd stay away from Bigfoot, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. Yeah. But. Unconsensual Bigfoot did you ever loving. Read, did you ever read the uh, romance? Uh, no. Why not? No, I, I told you I'm not. I'm not doing it. It was a gift from your loving brother. I can't do it. Who'd you give it? You gave it to a friend at work. I right? did. <laughs> did you read it? <laughs> She's a reader. She probably did. Ask her about it. She's going to have to come on and give us a report about the romance. Oh, anyway, so. Big, Bigfoot romance. It's a thing, people. I would suggest that you go into a private browser if you're going to start searching this. Because it's a whole new era. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I... I think. So, 
There is a part of me. We got a few more comments to run through real quick. Um, King also says that is a Nephilim, an ancient giant race that is a product of fallen angels mating with human women. And he got the DNA from ancient skulls in Peru, which were red haired giants. And we also, we've done a couple shows on the red haired giants. Yeah. We actually know a guy who um, scheme. Uh-huh. who has stories Reed? about... Yes. We're trying to get him to come on. The red-haired giant. From when he was a young man out in uh, some caves in uh, Nevada. Yeah. Not the Loveland cave. Not Loveland. Lovelock. Lovelock caves. Um, but some caves where he saw some things. Not a, a red-haired giant, but he saw some of their leavings in a body. Um, Lori says, think about what you just said about more people going to look for Bigfoot and think about the missing 411. Ooh. See what I'm thinking? See, we, we did a show. And we need to really dive into the missing 411 because that is undeniable. Mm-hmm. The number of yeah. people that go missing every year well, the, is an astronomical figure. And and But that's not the big part of it. The big part of it is when they find them. When they them don't go missing. And they've been undressed. Or or they're like four years old and they find them seven miles uphill. Yeah. No shoes. It's usually with no shoes. Yep. And they're not malnourished. Yep. And they're not dehydrated. Yep. And they've been gone for five days. And they've got, like when they do an autopsy on some of the dead children that have been gone for weeks. Yep. That... Some of them have been found to appear like they they died of exposure an hour ago. Yep. And they've still got in their stomach the previous meal they had with their parents weeks ago. Yep. Like like they skipped dimensions. Yeah. Like they hopped or out the, of this dimension. Or the aliens nabbed them. Yes. Or they're time traveling. Are they? Know. Now I need to know. Are they super mm. hairy? Are we talking about hairy individuals? Aliens show up with UFOs in a lot of stories. So, and, and aliens, there's always... there's Bigfoot's aliens show up with UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> they, they happen. There's big storms that keep the searchers from looking. There, there's just too much that all correlates. Mm. We should do another show on missing 411. We do, we should you could do almost every show on that. Yeah. All right. Uh da, da, da. yeah, that's that's all the comments for now um connected to this. There's a couple of other comments that are people chatting with each other and we'll bring those up but Lorian King are now uh Conspiring about conspiring about Bigfoot. Yes, Bigfoot. And yes, Bigfoot. I don't know. I hope he's real. Want to meet him? Well, I want someone to meet him. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'd be ready. But anyways, tonight. Yes, sigils. Yeah, we're talking about sigils. We so touched we, on them on the magic show. on the chaos magic yeah. show. We kind of talked about how one of the things with chaos magic is sigils. So, mm -hmm. a sigil is a type of symbol used in magic. It's like a, a pictorial, so to speak, of a deity or a spirit. 
in modern usage, in, especially in the context of chaos magic, it refers to a symbolic representation of the practitioner's desired outcome. So it's a it's a symbol that that represents the desired spell or outcome that you're trying to manifest. So mm. the use of these symbols has been widespread since at least Neolithic era. So explain to the viewers, not me, because obviously <laughs> I know. Uh, what is the Neolithic area? So the it, that is like the New Stone Age, an old world archaeological period. The final division of the Stone Age is the Neolithic. So is that like pre-end of the Ice Age? So this would be, gosh, like 12,000 years ago. Okay. Yeah, end of the last Ice Age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they had sigils back then. Usually it was what? A handprint on a wall? Yes. Red stuff blown at it and and a a stick figure chasing a a way to symbolize something uh, often used in storytelling and other things so in medieval magic the term sigil was commonly used to refer to occult signs that in medieval magic didn't represent necessarily intentions or manifestations but rather angels and demons which the, tra- the practitioner of the magic would summon. So he would use these sigils. Um, one of the most well-known lists is called the Lesser Key of Solomon, in which the sigils of the 72 princes of the hierarchy of hell are given That's not big. That's- for the magician's use. So having these sigils was said to grant the magician a measure of control over the being that the sigil represented. So that's how it was used in medieval magic. And might I say these sigils are awesome. Well, they look like, uh, I'm going to put it up on the screen for those of you watching. It looks like, uh, blueprints on an electrical diagram (laughs) (laughs) connect the blue wire they're like yeah like you know to build this headphone you need to put this transistor (laughs) over here (laughs) no it does it does (laughs) it looks like it does so a common method of creating what if what if electricity is really magic and how they keep it going is by drawing the sigils that they put in all of the manuals to build electronics. It's an evolution of medieval sigils. Solved it. Now I know how my microphone works. Cured. Cured. We know what's going on now. So a common method of creating these medieval sigils for these certain spirits would be to take the names of the spirits, so their their known names, and convert them to numbers which were then located on this square, and the locations were connected by lines forming an abstract figure. So would it be like numbers around so the remember, circle? So remember the, um, in the You'll Shoot Your Eye Out, A Christmas Story? Uh-huh. The, <laughs> the, the decoder <laughs> ring. The decoder ring. 
Drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> Drink more Ovaltine was its own sigil. And the kid goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> but he had a list. So, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so you would use your decoder ring that you worked so hard and send in all of your postcards to get, and you would translate each letter into a number. And then these numbers are on this square. Uh-huh. And then you connect the numbers. So do you think, like, not to lead into what we'll talk about here in a minute about the awesome website we found, but do you think the numbers are in, like, a ring? Or do you think it's, like, a grid pattern? I would say probably a grid. If you look at this, these the Lesser Key of Solomon, some of these symbols... Oh, it's straight out of uh, electrical... Like they're diagrams. they're awesome, but they have these connecting points that are further that inside there, the square. At the bottom looks like a skull. It looks like a pirate skull over yeah. to the left. That bottom left. Yeah. <laughs> this one <laughs> that's Belial it looks like <laughs> a sad pirate. <laughs> it looks like Bart Simpson <laughs> with a bunch of <laughs> bunch so of that jewelry. that symbol is for Belial. He's a demon. Okay. Um, oh, I wonder if your cat has a... Belzebub? Yeah, if he's got his own symbol on here. <laughs> Fat cat looking thing. Dude, that'd be wild if it was. I know. So, that's where it begins. It begins with this medieval practice of controlling the spirit that the sigil represents mm-hmm. as a way to control your current environment. So okay. you're like, you know, it's like Pokemon cards. You know which card I need? This one has the power Hold to do on. whatever. I just want to point out this. So some guy, picture him in robes, probably a doofy hat. Mm-hmm. And he says, man, life is rough right now. I'm going to summon a demon. Mm. Just <laughs> And he thinks about it. How shall I do that? Not, not... I'm going to go eat something sugary and try to feel good or go for a walk, go for a walk. No, I'm going to summon a demon Mm -hmm. because my life is rough right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It had to start somewhere or, or worse yet an angel. So he can judge me about how rough (laughs) my life. You're going to be like, you're making my life hard. Like, I've been chasing you around. I wouldn't do that if I were you. (laughs) So it begins here. It begins with medieval magic sigils. And then, like we spoke of during the Chaos Magic show, Austin Osman Spare developed his own method of creating and using sigils. So this, this sigillation, the process of sigillation, sigilization, sigilization. Sigilized. Sigilized. It's like a sigilized community. Has has a really huge effect on modern occultism and turned the medieval practice of using sigil sigils to evoke entities on its head, kind of turn it upside down. And now they're created instead to... to manifest the beholdens the creator's thoughts and desires so before it was used to capture a demon and make it your slave yes and now it's used to uh you know 
As the secret. As the secret. So, these are created by writing an intention, then condensing the letters of the statement down to form a sort of monogram, and then using a Gnostic state which is like meditative, yeah. your subcon- you've, uh, you've gone into your subconscious mind, you have cleared all of the negative energy, you are focusing wholly on imbuing this sigil with your intention to charge it or launch it. And then what this does is said, it's said to essentially bypass the conscious mind and implant the desire in the unconscious and then this part the the gnostic state i don't know if I've, i mean i've probably been in a gnostic state at the dentist once or twice yeah i'm i'm uh i'm what you call the uh functional moron and so yeah i doubt i've ever been in the gnostic state but after you charge it it is considered necessary, this is the part, to repress all memory of it. <laughs> Done. I forgot what I had for breakfast. In the words of Spare, there should a, be a deliberate striving to forget it. Now that you said I need to forget it, I'll never forget it. I'll That's, think about it 24-7. Had you not said that, yeah. had you just left that out, I could have been the best chaos magician it ever of all time. It would have been oops all day. <laughs> we like, did we do a show on sigils? <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> but now that you said I have to forget it, I won't. Now, I'll create a sigil and then my magic is broken. So what happened is sigils as far as we have record of, started out as means to capture magical beings. To use... So, these demons and such had power. Yeah, and... Magicians recognized they capture, were just mere mortals. So, instead of, I don't know, creating their own power or practicing their own skill, they created a sigil to enslave and use the power of the demon to do their bidding. That just sounds... Who thought of this? One accident. One accident and yeah. your demon shit. <laughs> yes. So, but now they're used as... In chaos magic, which chaos magic sounds more like you'd be going after demons, but in chaos your magic, own demons. But yeah, now in chaos magic, it's you're you're focusing intent to uh, show up in your world. Yes, better than demons. It's a step up. Than enslaving a demon. Yeah, I don't want to enslave any demons. I so, mean, no, no, don't get me wrong. I don't want to not enslave them because I think they're good dudes. And, you know, I don't want to enslave them because I wouldn't. I just want don't to want to mess with them. with them. First yeah. of all, I don't even want to really acknowledge that they exist. That There you go. So I have intentionally forgotten about them. Yeah, except Look at cardboard all. Chaos magic. Cardboard all we're okay with. He's all right because he's lame. Yeah. Lazy. 
Do you think that Unmotivated. means like he's a he's a young demon that doesn't know the tricks yet, or do you think he's an old demon that's like I'm a pensioner now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they say that we peak and then we just backslide to downhill from to, here. to being a baby again. So I don't know. So sigil magic is based on the philosophy that we are co-creators of our reality. As such, we are empowered to make changes we desire so long as they align with our ultimate destiny, destiny and the will of life. They are becoming one of the top five most used spiritual tools. And they, they are becoming that because... They're mostly positive. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no bloodletting. There's no sacrifice. There, you know, you get to do arts and crafts. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't harm anyone, you or anyone else. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully. You become more interconnected um, with your, the nature that surrounds you and the nature of reality. You become more decisive and intentional. I, I'm, I think good chaos magic is the magic to do. Oh, definitely. Hands down. Yeah. Gentleman magic. Gentleman magic. So. Or lady magic. No, that sounds sexist. Gentle lady magic? <laughs> All in. Because they say ladies and gentlemen. Non-binary magic. But if you say lady <laughs> magic, I mean, that sounds so chauvinistic. <laughs> well, they're doing lady magic. <laughs> So they're essentially like these little seeds that are planted in your unconscious mind. And because our unconscious mind works without intention, like driving a car, do you have to get in and go, okay, now what do I do next? No, we just do it. It's it's part of our unconscious programming, riding a bike. I, I would say it's midpoint. Breathing. Now breathing, heartbeat, things like that. But I would say driving is a midpoint. Like, you know where your foot needs to go when you need to stop or go. But then there are conscious, like, your conscious is there for the minute by minute. Right. Kind of the backing is something up. Is in the way. In the way. Yes. Turn signal. Utah. Turn signal. <laughs> okay. Everyone, pretend you're sitting in your car. <laughs> okay. Ten and two. Let me get both my hands in ten and two. Take your left hand. And feel down the steering wheel with your fingers out. And you'll feel a, a stick. It's poking out. Try that out. It's Somebody went through all the effort. To hook a light. engineering to invent. They created mechanism. a sigil that connects. It's got sigils on the paperwork to draw it up. But invent this mechanism that when you click it one way or another, a light flashes. Doesn't just come on, it flashes. And you turn, and it's interwoven in with the steering wheel and all this stuff that when you turn back, it shuts off. It's amazing. I'm telling you. It's good stuff. Utah. Are you are you listening, Cody? You paying attention? <laughs> hey, how much would a car how much cheaper would a car be without that piece of equipment? Because they could start selling budget cars. Utah Ready, have that as a brand. <laughs> no turn signals on it. The lights maybe come on 
after they're three miles down the freeway. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Sorry. So these chaos magic sigils are, they basically speak to your unconscious. However, sigils can also have a dark side. So, well, yes. Sigil magic involves releasing and intentionally forgetting about one's initial desire. It's the letting go is the benefit of it. So you create it, you give it Gnostic energy, you focus on it, you charge it, and then you release it. And then you forget about it. And then you intentionally forget. I'm never going to forget I want to talk about this intentional forgetting. <clears throat> That's the loophole so people can't do it. That's the hard part. Because my Unless first... Unless they don't tell you that, and then you just forget. No, here's the deal. My first sigil would have to be forgetfulness. <laughs> and I'd have to learn to make that sigil and be able to do that mm. to be able to do any other sigils. Yes. And and the reason that the the letting go is important is because... The first benefit of it is it allows our desires to burrow more deeply into our unconscious. So they become an unconscious thing that we do to reach them versus something we have to keep a journal of and set reminders and alarms and things like that. They just become something we are versus something we do. Yes. In the picture of the big house with the garage and the Porsche. Right. Because the first benefit is that it takes us from our conscious mind, which requires a ton of work, to our unconscious mind, which is instead of what we do, it is who we are. It's more natural. Yes. Okay. The second benefit of the letting go or the releasing is that it acknowledges and honors that Whatever will be, will be. Kind of that wisdom of life. We can put our intentions out there, but ultimately, we are not alone. We are not in a vacuum. And what will be, will be. So it's the letting go of it allows us to both attain it and be free from all the work of attaining it. Mm. So forgetful sigil. We're going to I have mean, to use that program to draw that one up first. And then. So, I could see how this could work. There's a ton of psychology behind the way we interact with other people and how we show up in our own lives. And most of it has to do with our identity, which is an unconscious choice. Mm-hmm. It is the I am versus I will. So it's uh, how you perceive yourself. How you perceive yourself. So I am loyal. If I perceive myself as loyal, then everything I do, everything I do comes from a place of I am loyal instead of I will be loyal. And then everything I do comes from a place of, well, I said I would be loyal. And so I'm going to work on that. And I did pretty good being loyal today. So sigil magic takes that into account. The kind of divine intelligence of life. I am a used car salesman. (laughs) (laughs) However, 
There's a big difference between desire and lust. And dark sigils are created when desire to have something becomes an obsession or we lust for it. Because then we come from a place that's different than I am loyal and I've given that to the universe. That's just who I am to I will be, I'm going to, I, I'm going to prove to everyone that I am. I'm going to write it down a hundred times. That becomes an obsession and that keeps it super conscious and takes it out of our unconscious. So it makes it so it's not who you are. It's what you do. What you do. Right now, because what you do 10 seconds from now can be totally different. And what you do can be influenced by things that are not the natural flow of life, where what you are is just what you are. If I look at, if I look at people in our lives, we just know what they are. Grandma Jane. Oh, Angel. We just know what she is. She comes from a place. Grandpa did an Angel catching sigil. <laughs> he wrote it all down. <laughs> he enslaved her. And <laughs> so the other dark side of sigil magic is that it can be used to try and control, coerce, or otherwise interfere with the lives of others. So whatever manipulative intentions you have will bite you. A hundred times over. So it's like this story. If you make a love potion, then she becomes crazy and wants to kill you because she loves you too much. She kills you with love. She kills you with the love that you were obsessed on having. Yes, because you have now taken it. You have manipulated to get the outcome instead of recognizing that you are part of something much bigger. And that what we, whatever will be, just will be, no matter what you do. So, a couple of ways to create sigils. You can do a single-use sigil. You often see them, and Native Americans have, have done sigil work for a long time by putting their intention into the fire. Things like... Like, on, like when women... Break up with the boyfriend and they... Burn all their stuff. Burn all their stuff the and same. write their name down. <laughs> it's not their sister. That's an obsessive, dark sigil, and it never works out for them, so don't do it. It doesn't? No. Okay. But a single-use or temporary sigil, you can tear up or burn in the fire or maybe... Drop it into a vat of acid. I don't know how theatrical you want to be with your sigils, but mm -hmm. that's a temporary. And it's meant to imbue or embody intentions that are quick, that happen in a very timely manner. You can also make sigils that are more long-standing sigils. And those you don't have to destroy. They can stay symbols of this of this intention. The problem with that is now, not only do I have to forget it in my brain, but now I have a visual representation of it that reminds me all the time that you can't forget that I can't forget. 
Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. So you want to first state your inten- intention. There's a ton of science between writing things down. If you go to any, any, um, what would I call them? Self-help group, um, guru for life, life coach. The very first thing they're going to tell you is you've got to take it out of your head. It's got to travel down your arm and it's got to be written onto paper because that just the simple act of writing it down it's way better than typing it just the simple act of writing it down takes it out of you and puts it onto the paper i i've got a couple questions mm-hmm. as we found out as i was filling out the startup for all this um is it a problem if i misspell a lot of stuff <laughs> that i write down <laughs> Your intention is what matters. I don't think spelling counts. It's sigil creation. (laughs) So, you need to write it down. Don't be vague and don't be super complex. Narrow your intention. Oh, don't be vague. Don't be complex. Yeah. I want... Or I am the most celebrated, excellent, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to be too complex. Keep it simple. It was tremendous. (laughs) It was stupendous. Trump sigils. Did you listen to his announcement? No. (laughs) He pulled it all out. I love it. Oh. So sigils work best when they are specific. So you also want to create sigils for the end result of your intention, not all the work that goes into it. So instead of, I will be a good employee, it is, I am a good employee. Remember, we're going to bury this in our subconscious. Okay, okay. So I will be a good employee says that one day this will happen, where I am says I've already arrived. Because we're going to bury it and forget it. Set it and forget it. That Remember those commercials? No. Okay. Well, I watched a lot of late night television and it set was it. this roaster and the guy would say, oh. set it and forget it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, be realistic. Um, don't create a sigil for becoming a millionaire if you have no intention of working hard and putting in the effort. Because, oh. and, and, don't create a sigil, you know, that that's just super unrealistic. Okay. Okay. So So like, you know, my 47-year-old self isn't going to be a, a supermodel anytime soon or especially a female supermodel. Oh, there's not a That's lot a of, little unrealistic. It's not Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I could look as good as Caitlyn now. That's true. I mean, she set the bar. She is woman of the year. Two years ago. Three years ago now. Oh, geez. So then you take your intention. You write it down. And an an example of that would be, I am safe and secure in my own skin. Okay. So I am, meaning it's, it's already happened. Then you cross out all of the vowels. 
Okay. So you so cross out the I, the A's, a, the all a. of the A's. Yep, you cross out all of the all of the vowels. Then go across and cross out any repeating letters, and then so you'll have the Ms. remaining letters. Miss Vindekrywick. Miss Vindekrywick. That's a cool name, though. Then you create a symbol uh-huh. using all of those letters. See how they're all represented here? Uh huh. Then you activate it. Okay. So creating it is just like the the arts and crafts part of this exercise. Okay. Then you activate it by getting into an alter state of consciousness. Now, this one is right up your alley. Some people do it through dancing. (laughs) 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 We're going to, we're going to record Jared's sigil activations. (laughs) His ceremony. So, Dancing is one way. Chanting is another. Um, shimon. <laughs> See me do an um while I knock out the sprinkler. <laughs> I don't know. Chanting and dancing are, are meant to be done. To, I guess you could chant, dance. Oh, you could do. You could. <laughs> you could chant while meditating and dancing at the same time. I can chant while <laughs> meditating. <laughs> so meditation, sensory deprivation, visual, visualization. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of people like to physically destroy their sigils. Burning, burying, tearing, dropping them into water some ways. And then... You need to forget it. So, step one, find a quiet place. You don't need a fancy setup. You don't need a sacred space or an altar. Close your eyes, focusing on your breath. Practice a bit of mindful meditation. Pick up your sigil. Stare at it deep into its eyes. Except eyes are gone because you remove all of those. (laughs) (laughs) Deep into its consonants. <laughs> you, you may, you may like to hold the sigil close to your face, Muddlebert. <laughs> Muddlebert. <laughs> Muddlebert. <laughs> I like it. You may hold the sigil close to your face, or put it far away. Either way, <laughs> or put it far away. <laughs> Gaze upon your sigil until your vision gains a dreamlike quality. When you're reading, bring out the matches lighter. Hold your sigil paper over wherever you're going to let these ashes fall. When the paper catches fire, wait for a few seconds, then drop it. Then watch it as it burns, creating an opening to your unconscious mind. Allow your mind to to become completely empty. Easy. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Man, and, 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 and become consumed in watching your sigil burn. Have you ever stared into a fire while roasting marshmallows? Oh, yeah. We could have been How making, do you not yes. get consumed watching fire? Then, step five. Forget and release. Great. 
And there it is. So don't dwell on your sigil. Don't obsess over it. Don't attach to it. Let the universe take over and do its thing. The more you think about it, the more you're involving your conscious mind. So it's the equivalent of burying a seed in the ground and then digging it up every day to make sure it's growing. Just leave it alone. So, to modern day sigil creation, there is online, of course there is, online, a sigil engine. A sigil engine. Yes, yes. we, we Where you can type in your sigil or your intention and do all of the things, focus on it, Look at it, dance, play some music in the background, (laughs) and when you've done your intention, it will create the sigil for you. Okay, so where do where do I type in the in the stuff on the sigil? Scroll down. It should have just pulled up. Try it again. Sigil, S-I-G-I-L, engine.com. Mm-hmm. Apparently with mine, it's not working. Okay. Okay. Links. Terms. Do I need to accept it before it lets me use it now? Um, I didn't have to, I don't think. Boy, I'm glad we brought you guys on stream to do this. Just try typing it in again. Or going to it. You're in. Go to Google. Aren't I in Google? No, you're in Microsoft Edge. Oh. I'm in whichever one pops up first. I forgot. My earlier sigil worked. (sighs) Sigilengine.com. So it takes all the work out of creating your sigil. However, I think... I think that um, it disconnects you, in a sense, from your conscious and unconscious minds. And um, it instead doesn't work for Jared, but it instead connects you to this hive, this internet as we know it. So when you do load it, mine works great. It has in the center of the screen, it says, write your intention. So you type in your intention and then hit enter. So whatever your intention is, I am um, whatever. And then when you hit enter or hit create sigil, it creates for you by kind of walking through these steps And using the medieval patterns, a sigil that represents your intention. Well, I was going to type into mine, uh, make this sigil work, but it wouldn't let me. Oh. The the engine's not working on mine. Okay. Okay. Anyway, sorry guys, we was going to do some sigils on the show, but apparently 
Not but happening for you. I've got something set up wrong. But anyways, we'll continue on. She told you how I did one. Uh, see, this one I did, I am forgetful, and that's Murfurgetful. <laughs> and then I'd have to make one sign out of that. Yes, with all of those letters. Yes. Man, that's a bummer. It's not working. All right. Let's read through a few comments real quick. All right. King and Lori are BFFs now. I think that's where we left off. <clears throat> King says, I was in a toxic relationship a few years back, and my ex was deep into the occult and said that she made a pact with a demon to do magic. And she said that everything that we have is demon technology. I've often wondered that. And this has like, to... is this is this all of this really enriching our lives? I mean, as humans, we Seventh are. Seventh Heaven is not on the show on on the TV anymore, so you're probably right. <laughs> we are shorter, less athletic, lower muscular. I don't think we're shorter. I think uh, I think height has to do with available food while you're growing up because we are taller than we were but we are not ago. walking tall no we are we are less athletic less healthy <clears throat> our grundles are getting shorter oh the grundle i yep. don't forget the grundle uh testosterone levels in male males are lowering now here's an interesting thing side note grip strength in men is getting weaker Really? Yes, that's a general measurement that they can generally pan out across to everything, you know, around across uh, different ethnicity, different cultures, grip strength. But grip strength in women is getting stronger. Now, women still hasn't caught up to the average man. Mm -hmm. But the question is... Why? Maybe a thousand years from now, we'll be flipped. We'll be like penguins. So you are we getting stronger in comparison to how we were or in yes. comparison to men? In comparison to how you were. Well, and also in comparison to men. Women are getting a little stronger. Men are getting a little weaker. They're still not at a bar with each other. Mm -hmm. I think women are still 60% less than men on grip strength. But... Pretty soon, we'll open our own pickle jars. Women are, and you'll have to open ours. <gasps> you, it would be like penguins. You ladies are going to the hospital, bust out a baby, and then take it home to your house husband. So I've often wondered if technology has set us forward um, in the way that we communicate and, and can send things around, but has set us back in the way that we actually connect to other humans and our environment. Well, also, if you're saying intention down with writing. Yes. Do your kids know how to write in cursive? Yes. Okay. So they're yes. a step above all the they're other not kids. They're not teaching it in school, but yes, they, no, they and, do. Know. And I remember that was a full course, learning cursive. That was all year long. Yes. And I actually took cursive and calligraphy in third grade. Yeah, I took cursive. Um, again, I wasn't smart enough for calligraphy. Cursive was mandatory. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so maybe that's that whole intention thing. When you're writing a letter to a friend and you make that effort of making it 
legible yep. and beautiful and functioning that that friend means more and now if you type a or if you, you just choose a gif and send it now if it's me typing you a letter you mean a lot because <laughs> i don't know how to type and I'm not very good at cursive either. And and we've moved away from even having even having to type because now we just press the microphone and speak to text. Yeah, I don't do that yet. But I I think that's because uh Siri still can't understand my hillbilly accent. Perhaps. And uh it would say duck a lot and things it'd just be all wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. King says from phones, electricity, to do surgery, makeup, TVs, computers, even the food recipes which cause gluttony. Remember, phones are black mirrors. That's, I really need to watch that show. You do more. need to watch that. I've watched, I think, the first season. Freaky. Kind of weirded me out why you stopped. Uh-huh. We are in the end times because we've gotten too big for our britches. So is what is it called? The fourth turning? Is this the fourth turning? We need to do We've a show. We've talked about the fourth Have turning. Have you listened to it yet or read it? Yes. We need to do a show on it because that is... Wild. It, oh, it it breaks your brain when you... And then you double check what they're saying. Yes. And then the stuff they predict in the early 90s. And you're like, oh. Yep. Man. Um, okay. And then... Uh, Lori asked, makeup how? King says, lust men, lust for women with makeup. It's crazy but true. A demon gave the woman makeup just like a demon gave humankind fire. All right. You guys got fire and all we got was makeup? What if, I mean, imagine a I world. I brag a lot, but. Imagine a world where they had swapped those gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have glitter beards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boys. <laughs> you could get into a Gnostic state much easier. Uh, I think that demon missed my house. I'm a granola. <laughs> Technology is mind-blowing and has connection to magic. The ancient symbols are still around and every day today yes mcdonald's is a sigil that's what i'm saying and not just that nike the swoosh oh, oh. is a type of sig i should sigil. go back into uh my friend's gun safe yes colt arms yep fabrique national smith and wesson all of them have made a sigil out of their out of, I mean, look at if any of you guys have guns, look at it, see what they say. I mean, for Brick National and Smith and Wesson, popped to mind real hard. Colt has a you know little horse on there, rear and back. Yeah, sigils, they're everywhere. What about states and cities? Ooh, chaos <sighs> magic, it's everywhere. It's there. Okay, uh, Lori. <laughs> Where is the I'm a size two model sigil? Yes. <laughs> uh, said it and forget it. Well, a 46-year-old man did win Miss USA. Wasn't there a mm. beauty pageant? Not a Miss USA. It was a 
New Hampshire. Miss New Hampshire. And while her dress was lovely, and it was an abundant use of fabric, Mm -hmm. she would have not been my first choice. (laughs) And I'm glad they've done away with swimsuits. Anyways... I do agree on it because there's been several times where I have wished for a car or a female and a few days pass and it falls in my lap. Oh. Mm. Oh. Did I not say (laughs) a good use of abundance of fabric? What do you call it when you get... What uh, I do, I feel, I mean... I know, Betsy, I know, I see. uh, I feel bad for the rest of the contestants. Because I feel like it was not done in earnest, that it was... Who would you have picked? It was done rather... I Well, first of all, my... And it's a Miss Teen. With any... Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> this is a Miss Teen. Yes. How old is that? Whenever, whenever I, because I'm not like a pageant person. It's like a Rottweiler standing in a batch of Chihuahuas. Yes, it is. Look at the size of the head on that thing. Yeah. And, it, and we don't is want it to... closer than us. It's on the same step, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who would have I picked for the loveliest young teen who would have told me about world peace? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, I guess whoever twirled the baton the best. And for me... Maybe she's really good with a baton. For me, what would have been important is not what they look like necessarily, but character yeah, and... Yeah, character and the baton twirling, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. And maybe... Okay, okay. The landscape Student, is changing. Not, she definitely has better grip strength than you. <laughs> <laughs> On her offhand, too. Student 19 becomes Miss America's first First ever ever. transgender local pageant winner as critics accuse the woke competition of allowing opportunities to be stolen away from female contestants. Mm -hmm. No. My point is, in a beauty pageant, yes, character should apply. But so should beauty. Amen. If we're in a Little Miss character pageant. (laughs) Do it blindfolded. Now. All the judges. Will I say that she probably shaved her back good before this and did a beautiful job at shaving her back? Sure. But all those other young ladies put a lot of effort into their lives to be there. Yes. They work really hard. And I'm not going to say that there isn't any transgenders who hasn't done an exceptional job of being, um, uh, looking more feminine. Correct. Besides just. And I, like I said, I have Stapling makeup to their face. I haven't seen the pageant. So I haven't seen how the winner responded, carried herself, portrayed her character, or any of those things. So um, I would just say that I hope 
I hope that this wasn't just an opportunity to push an agenda and she what? gave it to them. What, what would and that make she you actually that she actually won. In twenty twenty two. I know. An agenda would ever be pushed at the sacrifice of society. I know. So anyways, back to the comments. Enough. Hey, I'm not dogging her, you know, good job, Ray. <laughs> Just saying. Just gonna throw it out there. Oh, where are we at? <clears throat> Got a few more. Okay, <clears throat> I do agree on it because there's been several times where I've wished for a car and few. Okay, we read that one. To me, I think if we are in the that we are in the downfall of mankind because we have lost our way, and we are doing things that are wrong but still continue to do, and that is not good. I've got lots of comments on that. I think society is in a collapse but that doesn't mean mankind is societies have collapsed before ours we are not the pinnacle of the human race i mean the bronze age ended greece ended rome ended the dutch ended uh, all of the, even england it all ends but it kicks off somewhere else and then rome is the perfect example i think rome is um greece I still like to compare it to the Bronze Age because of the, at that time, what would be considered um, the global trade system, where the Bronze Age, you got trade from Afghanistan and England all during the Bronze Age to get copper and tin and all about building bronze. But I think one of the reasons why I like to compare it to that is because we don't know a lot of what happened then. Mm. We don't know a lot about what's going to happen now. But I think you're right on that. All right, where's that? Uh, Lori says, luckily my kid's school still teaches cursive. That's outstanding, Lori. It's a good job. Um, Love it. Yes. Do-do, Lori agreed. How school's teaching other nonsense instead of actual stuff we need in life to grow. And I, th I do think that there's something to be said about writing a letter to a friend or someone writing a letter shows a different level of intent Our, and, and writing it in pen yeah because you can't erase it and if you make a mistake you must expose that mistake and art is following technology so writing actual writing is becoming a lost art mm, yes it is and now painting is done with software yes that is true Oh, Betsy, men do have glittered beards. I don't know if you've seen the abomination that's going on. Just like in school, they're teaching metaphors. Metaphors for people instead of calling Call them. them. Oh, uh, he or she now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a call out to uh, I would say guardrail parenting. I, you know. I think yeah. that's what that is. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll come out of it. We'll see. Uh, so true. It's rare for junior high schools to offer woodshop. Yeah, that's true. They don't. Shop is a lost art in schools nowadays, too. Mm -hmm. Lori talking about what shop. There is a man that wears large prosthetic. Oh. <gasps> we saw that. Okay. I don't know. I the, dug into that. I don't know the real story. Let me tell you the story. This guy was a man. And 
A manly man? Yeah. And okay. he was always in trouble with the administration of the school because he was a man. He acted like he was too masculine. Oh, so, toxic masculinity. So he wore that thing to school because the principal and the superintendent, whatever they call it in Canada, the you know Maple Leaf and Senior Maple Leaf, whatever, because they were coming down on him for being too toxic. Too masculine. He's a hero. So he, he's a boob wearing hero. He bought a dress and the big boob thing and wore it to school and taught shop in it. Because a couple of his students came out and they busted it. They were like, This is great. He's our favorite teacher. Of course, you know, only male. It's like like my shop teacher, Terrell Hunsaker. You know? Nobody's as toxic masculine as he was. Well, he wouldn't let girls in his class. I okay. He would not let girls. Quick story. He says, if girls want to take my class, it was metal shop. If girls want to take my class, they have to get a whole class of girls together to take it. No girl wanted to take his class. No. Safe. <laughs> so I'm teacher's aide. Do, do, do. I'm taking a paper to him. Do, do, do. I, had, I had no warning at all. And I opened the door and I'm standing there. And he was getting after someone in the class. Uh-huh. And he had a big mouth of sunflower seeds. Uh-huh. And he, he called him a few choice words, brought him over, and then spit him in his ear. <laughs> and well, I'm like standing there with the paper. He bit my ear a couple times. He threw <laughs> wrenches at me. Um, you know, Dad was his favorite student he ever had. So I go in there, and Dad introduces me to him, and... Mr. Hunsaker, this is my son, Jared. He's going to be taking your class this year. Uh, yeah. And he says, and if he gets out of line, you beat his ass. That's oh. what dad said to him. And old honey says, all right. <laughs> so anyways, oh we're God. about three weeks into the year. And it's all paperwork in the beginning, you know, for welding and cutting and all that stuff. <laughs> honey comes up to me and. Your dad was the best damn student I ever had. What the hell happened to you? <laughs> just, that's just things like that he said to you. Just, oh, no. Lori says, I got to love Canada. All right, we're going to end out on this with, from King. King says, remember Satan is the god of this world and we just live on it. Mm. Another. Yeah. So do we. Here's the question. Just food for thought. We don't need any answers. Do we, knowing that he's the God of this world, just enjoy the ride, or do we fight against it? Is it futile? Mm. It's a tough call. You know, the Greeks, um, what was uh, uh, Prometheus? Uh -huh. The Greeks had a lot of the same theories about Prometheus, that he was the evil god. But he was the one who gave us fire. Mm. And Lucifer means light bringer. Bringer of light. So that's the scary thing. I don't know. Is technology and knowledge and attainment evil? I don't Anyways, guys, thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Yes.